Come on, how many of you are excited to be here tonight? Let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Is anybody here for the very first time tonight? Okay, awesome, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Anybody here for the very last time tonight? All right, well, we're gonna work on you. I'll get to you before we're done. But hey, listen, you know, um, honestly, we're, we're, we're so thankful, of course, you know, uh, just love, love, love John and Tracy and, and the Storehouse family, Jeremy and Vince and, and Kat and just, and, and Matthew and Anne-Marie and just so many of you. And where's, where's Yako? Did I, did I see Yako got married? Wow! Woo! That's awesome, man. I got a special impartation for you afterwards. All right. But I, I you know, I, I, I believe that, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot that the Lord's going to do here in the next couple days. And, um, and, and one of the things is I, I walked in honestly, uh, tonight and I, and I walked in and I felt aggressive in the spirit and I felt it was like a big brother. Uh, when, when you ever, you ever seen somebody that's been mishandled in the wrong way and this righteous indignation and anger comes up in your heart and says, uh, uh-uh, that ain't going to go on. And I walked in and I felt the spirit of intimidation that was trying to come against people in this place. And, and I just got angry. Is it okay to get angry? Well, sure it is. Jesus got angry. And, uh, and, and here is what, here's, and we're going to go a lot of different places tonight, but this is one thing that I want to encourage you with. I want to give you a promise before we begin, and it's out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, and let us, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. And one of the things that I really feel like the Holy Spirit has prepared for you tonight and tomorrow night and this weekend is he's going to begin to begin to strengthen hearts in the areas where you have felt weary and you've moved into worry. He's going to move you out of worry and back into worship. Okay. And, and, and I know we're supposed to, you know, I know we're supposed to receive an offering and all those kind of things, but we just got to move some things around in the spirit. We got to do some business before we even look at any of that kind of stuff, okay? And, and here's what I feel like the Lord is wanting to do. Uh, and, and when this year kicked off, you know, the Hebraic year back in September, um, the Lord spoke to us, and turn your Bible to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. The Lord spoke to us that throughout this year, there was going to be the appearance of war that would come to your door. In other words, it would be an appearance of intimidation. It would be an appearance of, uh, of, of opposition and opposing forces. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? You've just, you've just come up against some stuff. You know, stuff happens. Isn't that right? But I believe the Lord is actually going to bring us into a place of holy shift tonight. Say holy shift, but be careful when you say it. Holy shift. <laughs> And what, listen, I'm telling you, this is, a, this is a word of the Lord. The Lord, I'm telling you, did you feel what just came in when you said it? Did you, listen, honestly, did you feel what just came in? Say it again. Be careful now. Holy shift. Holy shift. Holy shift. Because the Lord, I'm telling you, what has had you on your heels and has had you back up, putting your hands in the air, not knowing what to do, wringing your hands in worry, God is going to come down tonight in such a way to where you'd begin to advance forward, and instead of saying, oh, it'd be holy shift. Instead of backing up and saying, I don't know, you're going to say, he knows, and we're going forward. Are you with me? Instead of saying, why God, it's going to be but God. Are you with me? Say holy shift. Listen, you're going to say it until you believe it. 
Do you feel, listen, there's, you gotta, oh, ka ta 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 de ba ta ta. He's not near as religious as we are. He's not wrapped up in what people think. He just wants to get the job done, amen? He just wants to do whatever it takes to get us where we're called to go and get and do whatever it takes to, to awaken our hearts to who we're called to be. Holy shift. Holy shift. He's beginning to move things out of this place of park and getting you back into forward motion. And the areas that you have been withheld and the areas that you have come up against opposition and the areas that you have lost traction and you begin to lose heart, there is a holy shift to be had here tonight. Holy shift. There's joy on that. Listen, did you feel, I mean, did you, I mean, like, you want to think, Yorick, love this guy. Come on now. You know, the enemy is scared of your worship. Do you know that? That's why he sends these little peep squeaks into worship services to try to intimidate an entire nation. I want to tell you, what happened in Charleston, South Carolina, that was not a black and white thing. That was a fear thing. That was an intimidation thing. That was a pride. That was a prejudice thing. Because Jesus is not a black man. He's not a white man. He's the right man. And I'm telling you, that was, a, that was a terrorist attack, not just on a church, but on the body of Christ. And we all need to take it personal. Because what he's trying to do is he's trying to get us to think twice about our worship. He's trying to get us to move into a place of worry when we're called to worship. Are you with me? And we're not going to back up. Because here's what the Lord said. He said, when it looks like war, intimidation, terroristic threats come to your door, you have two choices. One, you can worry and you can back up. I'm backing all into stuff here. I don't have a whole lot of backup room. I got a lot of back to work with. I got a lot of back to back up here. Come on now. Beep, beep, beep. But what happens is when you begin to worry, you begin to back up and give up the ground that God has given. But when you worship, you enter into the land you've been promised. And I want to tell you, if we can move, say holy shift. If we can move from worry into worship, we will go from occupying land to taking territory. Because I want to tell you this, the storm that you found yourself in, the winds of adversity and the waves of opposition, they haven't been about you. They've been about where you're going. Because the enemy has tried to hold back and to snuff out where you're called to go in this season. But it ain't going to happen. Holy shift. Come on now. That'd be a great bumper sticker, wouldn't it? We need to make some t-shirts. Shift happens. It's going to happen tonight. 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 No more drift, no more rift, just shift. Are you with me? So did you get, I mean, did you know that? I mean, did you, ah, I mean, listen, you guys have some of the, I, we, we've been all over the world and some of the, honestly, one of our, just our, our most favorite places to be in the world is this place. Because of the heart of this house, because of the family in this place, but also just the well of worship that God has, has, has plumb in this place. And, and, and I mean, let's just be honest. Did anybody notice a lot of opposition in worship? How dare that devil? Are you with me? We need to take that personal. Are you with me? You see, if, if, if we're just looking for worship based on our personal preference and, and somebody to pep us up when we come into a meeting, we don't need a worship leader, we need a cheerleader. 
We don't need a cheerleader. We need to exhort ourselves in the Lord with the promises of God and be able to strengthen ourselves in the Lord that even though we may find ourselves in a storm, bless God, we will be the eye in the midst of that storm. We will not give up our peace, but we will begin to walk in and through that peace, not only releasing peace into the storm, but we're also going to move into a new land with regional authority to begin to displace principalities that have ruled in times past. Mark chapter 4, you there? Let's turn there. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Listen, there is so much in my heart that I want to say tonight, and, 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 um, and I just got to be careful. I've got to be reined in because I believe the Lord is, uh, tonight is more about an impartation. It's more about a, a shifting of our posture than just, it's more about an impartation than information. But I want to tell you this. Uh, May 31st, the Lord woke me up. He said, Jason, I want you to call a fast. And I said, Lord, it's barbecue season. Like he didn't know, right? I mean, he's like, you know, come on. barbecue. I mean, we had, we had the chickens. We got the, you know, the biscuit. I mean, we got stuff, man. I told, I, and, I, and, and, and so he said, no. He said, I want you to call a fast. And I said, okay, okay, I'll call a fast. He said, I want you to call a fast on fear. And the Lord told me, and this was May 31st going into June. He said that it was a preemptive position to come back, coming, uh, on co upcoming thoughts, strategies, schemes, and accusations of the enemy to call a fast on fear. And as soon as we did it, it was like fear munchies began to break out in our church. People started, people started craving lies that would produce fear. Because I want to tell you this, fear is born from one place, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as long as we're eating from the tree of life, we'll be living, we, we will be eating of love, we'll be eating in faith, we will be producing uh, in the lives of those around us. But as soon as we start eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it begins to move us into a place of fear. And I want to tell you this, whenever we begin to think thoughts in our life, the Father is not thinking toward us, we're already, we are already eating fruit from the wrong tree. When, when you, whenever you entertain a thought that the Father is not thinking toward you, you have already eaten fruit from the wrong tree. And one of the things that I believe in this holy shift that God is wanting to do is he's wanting to take away the taste in our mouth for fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That we would eat fruit from the tree of life, that we would be able to eat of the Lord and not to eat of perception or preference. Does this make sense? Turning our worries into worship turning our worries into worship. By the way, you know, Vince Corcoran is one of my favorite people on the planet, and I don't know what y'all did with most of them. I, most of them is gone now, but, but whatever's left of them, don't you just love him? Come on now, can we thank the Lord for Vince? I looked up, I'm like, man, that's like, Vince is like the third of the man that I used to know. Good job, man. Looking good. What'd you say back there? He gives it all away. Come on now. Bless you, Charles. <laughs> Receive it. Amen. All right. So here's what I want to ask you, because this is not just a, a night to get excited. This is a night to exchange. I, want to, I just want to be real with you. Do you have some areas in your life where the enemy has been, especially since this month kicked off, been trying to intimidate you, been trying to get you to bring you in a place of worry to where you become weary? Because I want to tell you this, when war comes to your door, two, cho two choices, worry and back up and to give up the ground that God has given or to worship and enter into the land of your promise. Interesting, worry and worship both begin with the same three letters. In other words, you can't control what comes to you, but you can control how you respond to what comes to your door. 
When war comes to your door, you can either worry and back up or worship and go forward. And I want to tell you, this is a house of worship. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of harvest, but it's a house of worship. And I want to tell you that the enemy cannot cap the praise in this place as long as you keep your eyes on him. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. You guys there? Let me get there. Jesus. Lord, we thank you tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, just the, 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 the shift that has already taken place in here tonight. Lord, I thank you for the way that you come and you just, you breathe hope into hearts. God, I thank you for the way that you breathe, you, you, you release strength, you release courage into the hearts of men. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that tonight is a night of holy shift. It is a night of being propelled forward. It is a night of, of transition. It is, it is a night where for those who have swam upstream that tonight the tide would begin to turn in our worship and by our praise. In Jesus' name, we bless your name. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Isn't that awesome? Don't you just love Jesus? Let us cross over to the other side. He was inviting them saying, come on, boys. I want you to come with me. And this is the invitation that we've been given. Let us cross over to the other side. Verse 36, it says, Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. It was already filling. The waves began to beat. The wind began to blow. But he was in the stern. But he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And what they did in that moment is because they lost sight of who he was, they questioned his heart toward them. Now, had his direction, had his invitation changed? When the wind, he said, well, man, we may have missed it. We may need to turn this boat around. Maybe this, maybe, maybe, maybe we're not going to the other side. Did, did anything change in, his, in his, uh, his posture? Did anything change in his invitation? Absolutely not. And this is what I want to tell you, that when things in our life change, when our surroundings begin to look contrary to where we're called to go, it does not change your destination. It simply calls your worship into a new place. You see... The storm did not dictate where they were going. Jesus did. The voice of the Lord. Jeremy sang it tonight, Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters of your life tonight. The God of glory is ready to thunder. But how quickly they forgot when the wind began to blow and the waves began to crash. Because when life gets loud... We begin to listen to life. And we can never allow life to speak louder than truth. Are you with me? Because life will talk as long as you listen. 
he was asleep in the stern, still in the same place. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is like the coolest person who ever walked the earth. I mean, they're freaking out, and he's passed out. He's just there at rest. And I want to tell you this. It doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like. There is peace to be had in the storm. How many of you remember at the beginning of this year, a lot of people were talking about this, be, this being the year of the whirlwind? Remember that? And everybody started looking for storms. You know what I started doing? I started saying, Lord, where do you want to position me in the midst of these storms? Because just because a storm comes doesn't mean I get caught up into the storm. Because there's a place in the midst of the storm called the eye. And the eye is a place of peace, and it's actually a place, it almost, it almost feels like paradise. Have you ever been in an eye, in, in, in an eye of a storm? And it almost feels like this like pseudo-reality, like paradise. It's like, it's like everything's just so still and so quiet, and just, it's just wonderful dew point. I mean, it's just like, it's awesome. It's like this little slice of heaven in the midst of hell. And see, this is one of the things, see, a lot of times we think we have peace until we find ourselves in a storm. And you really can't say you have peace until you've walked through a storm. And see, the Lord is looking for those who will carry heaven through hell. And this house is a house to carry the reality of heaven in a world that looks like hell. Because that is the brightness of our rising. In Isaiah chapter 60, we're given this wonderful promise. Tracy spoke about it, or an invitation. Arise and shine. But when do we shine? Sit and shine? No. Arise and shine. Take action. And when, when, were we, when are we told to arise? When are we told to step into this illuminated position? In a time where deep darkness is on the earth and deep darkness upon the hearts of the people, it says then the Lord's light will be seen upon your life. But it's interesting, this invitation is given to us out of a covenant. How many of you are thankful that God is a covenant-keeping God? Isaiah chapter 59, of course, Tracy referenced verse 19 in the transition. It says, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Holy Spirit would raise up a standard against him. Now, how many of you know that that, that verse in our Bible has been wrongly translated? in terms of punctuation. In our, in, our, in, our, in our English Bibles, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes in like a storm, then Holy Spirit will raise up a standard. And it honestly gives way too much bark to his bite. It gives him way too much credit. He's pathetic. You're prophetic, he's pathetic, learn it. You're prophetic, he's pathetic. And he hates that. He hates that. He knows he's pathetic and he knows you're prophetic. Be you and let him do him. Don't be him and let him be you. Because oftentimes we'll take on his mantle of being pathetic and let him prophesy into our life. Instead of reminding him of where he's meant to be and where he's spending eternity. He's pathetic, you're prophetic. Say, he's pathetic. I'm prophetic. Holy shift. Come on now. Listen. There's something shifting in here tonight. How many of you, how many of you just feel something different in the air? Yeah. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord for a minute 
and just let it come like a mantle. Let it come like, because listen, the Lord wants to mantle you with peace tonight. Lord, just let your peace come upon your people like the rain. Because we understand that when the enemy even gives the appearance of looking in our direction, Holy Spirit breaks out, busts loose, and begins to release the rising, raging rivers of God in and through our life that bring healing to everything they touch, life everywhere they go, and an exceedingly great catch. So we call for the rivers to rise. We call for the standards to come. And we call for three generations coming together under one anointing to make one sound that would release an arise and shine company. Before the Lord invites them to arise and shine, he reminds them of a covenant that he made with them. He says, this is my covenant in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 21. In other words, by the way, covenant is simply, this is, this is, this is covenant with God, just simply. I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people, and I'll be in your midst. Like, that's just the easiest way to understand covenant. I'm your God, you're my people, and we're going to be together. Done. Done. I mean, that's just, woo. Done. I mean, you know, that, listen, that will silence a lot of lies of the enemy. You have a covenant. He says, this is my covenant. He said, my spirit is going to be upon you. My words are going to be in your mouth and the mouth of your descendants, and the mouth of your descendants' descendants from this time and forevermore arise and shine. And what he did, he said, listen, I'm a covenant God. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a God of family. And he was calling together three generations to make one sound under one anointing. Because I'm telling you, what the Lord is inviting us into in this time of harvest, it's not just a new generation. It, it's not just fathers, it's not just sons. It is fathers, sons, and grandsons. It is multi-generational. What God has called us to, God is a God of family, okay? It is, listen, the harvest that is coming is not gonna be empowered through superstars like we've known in times past. When I say superstars, you understand what I'm saying? It's not gonna be a couple anointed men and women of God, because the apostolic structure that God is putting in place now is not about gifting titles, personalities, and charisma. It is about fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, living life together, worshiping through the storm, and beginning to displace regional principalities and cities that we're called to take for the glory of God. But when does all this happen? In the midst of storms, Matthew. In the midst of storms. Arise and shine. For deep darkness is upon the earth and deep darkness is upon the people. You ever wonder why stars, they shine the brightest at night? The darker the world, the brighter you shine. That'll give you a whole new perspective for where you work. Oh, I just wish I could just wish I could go sit in the prayer room all day. Just be with all, of, all my friends who love Jesus. <laughs> Instead, I've got to hang out with these sinners, <laughs> prostitutes, tax collectors. Just want to be like Jesus. Go to the prayer room. I don't want to be in. I don't want to be with these people. I just want to be. 
Listen, we come into a place of prayer to calibrate our hearts so we can go out and shine bright in a world that is dark. We come in here to catch the heartbeat of the Father, and then we go out to be the voice of a father to a fatherless generation. How many of you just felt a wind come at your back right there? You just felt that presence, Lord. Listen, that is the hand of your Father that just came upon your back. And you, how many of you felt it on your back, on your right shoulder, on the back of your neck right there? That is the hand of the Lord coming upon you to anoint you to begin to move forward. It was like a, I, 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 I felt it. It was just, just like, and, and what I saw is, is when I put my arm around my boys, when I, and, and when I do this, there's things that they're called to do that sometimes they don't have courage to do if I'm not going to stand with them. And when I stand with them and I put my arm around them, and then my hand comes upon their shoulder, they begin to walk in my strength and not theirs. They begin to walk in my testimony and who I am and not just simply what they've known. They jump way out there when I put my hand upon their shoulder because all of a sudden they're crazy enough to believe that if I'm there, they're okay. And I wanna tell you, you've got a covenant that he's gonna be your God, you're his people and that he's in your midst. And his hand is upon you right now. And even as that just came on, that spirit of fear and intimidation and torment has left your life. That feeling of worry that has called you to be weary and to get in and try to steal your worship has been broken. In Jesus' name. Holy shift. Holy shift. Come on now. Jesus. Jesus. How many of you say, listen, I want a holy shift. I want a holy shift. Instead of being taken off guard and backing up and saying, why God? I want to say, but God, and move forward. Lord, all across this room, Lord, we do. We ask for the, for the power of shift. Lord, for there to be grace that would begin to, 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 to put things into motion that have been delayed and have been held back. God, I thank you for the hand of affirmation and approval of our Father upon our life in this place. God, I thank you for the well of worship that you have plumbed in this place. And we will not be those who will worship with side mirrors or rear view mirrors, but we will be those who will worship just abandoning our hearts to the goodness of God. Jesus, no longer looking over your shoulder. No longer holding back, but having peace in the midst of the storm. Tracy, can I have that water? I think my body's trying to reject that bacon again. Because here's what happened. When the Lord told me to call this fast on fear, which we've all heard the acronym, fear is simply false evidence appearing real. See, because honestly, what oftentimes dictates reality is perception. And the enemy will manipulate our, our senses, what we can see with our eyes, hear with our ears, and touch with our hand in a way to cause fear. And we start eating tree, fruit, fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and not fruit from the tree of life. And so when the Lord told me to call this fast on fear, he told me that he was going to move us from faith into trust because faith and trust are different. Faith is confidence, trust is commitment. Faith is belief, whereas trust is positional. Trust is rest, trust is peace. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge, and that word acknowledge means to see him and allow him to direct your path, amen? That night, 
May 31st, the Lord said, now I also want you to go on a cleanse. Again, I was like, Lord, it's barbecue season. <laughs> he said, I want you to go on a cleanse. And, I, and, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I know I could lay aside some weight. <laughs> flush some toxic thinking. And he said, there's some things I, I'm going to do in and through your body that I want to do in and through my body, but you can't lead them where I want them to go if you haven't walked through it yourself. And so, you know, we're probably doing, she got a bye-bye, probably doing the same thing. We're cleansing it up, baby. So I went and got a salad tonight, I, and I, we were going to go get barbecue. I was like, I don't know if I can do pork, you know. And I, and I was like, my body might reject it. I had bacon bits on my salad, and my body's like, uh, it's not even liking that. Come on now, pray for me. I got to get, Tra Tracy has the bacon impartation. <laughs> Force is strong with that one. We're going to be, listen, we're, we're getting there tonight. We're getting to the pigs. We're getting there. But this is what the Lord said, is that the body was called to go through a time of cleansing. Because 1 John 1, 9 says that, that, that he is faithful, that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. And see, we do not doubt the forgiveness of the Lord, but we have a hard time walking in the cleansing of God. And that is where the enemy tries to bring us into worries, because he tries to bring us into a place where our heart condemns us, and we begin to back up. And it's a lie from the enemy. Remember, he's pathetic, you're prophetic. He'll always try to put his label on your life. Don't let it. And so the Lord was speaking to me about this, that it is a time to lay aside weight. Hebrews chapter 12 says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that has so easily entangled us in times past so that we can what? Run this race with endurance, that we can begin to do what God has called us to do, looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He endured a storm because he saw on the other side of that storm a joy called Matthew. He saw on the other side of that storm as he, as he just because I, I had an encounter one time where I saw the Lord crucified. I had two encounters, actually one where I saw, I saw Simon the Cyrene carrying the cross. I had another where I saw the Lord crucified. And it, it was not even how they, what I saw, what the Lord brought me through was not what was represented in the, in the passion. They did not have to lay him down and stretch him out. When I saw it, the Lord dove on that cross and he spread himself out and he made himself available for not just the nails to be driven in, but with every strike. And with every strike, I saw in his eye faces of people that I saw, faces of people that I knew in the natural. And I did not see tears of pain. I saw tears of joy. See, because the Lord did not go to the cross defeated, he went to the cross in victory. Because every time that they try to take out their misunderstandings and their misinterpretations of who he was on him, he saw you. That'll get you through a storm. That's a tree of life you can eat from. So he's wanting to cleanse. He's wanting us to walk in the cleansing of God as well as the forgiveness of the Lord. But the Lord also sp spoke to my heart, even this natural cleanse, that he's wanting to deal with toxins in the body. Because there have been toxic thoughts that cause us to talk sick. 
And there are many in the body of Christ, there are many in the body of Christ that are bearing infirmities and diseases in your body because of the fruit of your mouth. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 18, 21 says that there's life and death in the what? The power of the tongue. That word power in the Hebrew means the direction. In other words, which way is our conversation pointed? Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 18 and 19 says this. It says, I hold heaven and earth as a witness against you. What does a witness do? It testifies of what it sees and hears. So we've got heaven and earth watching and listening to the life we live. And it says, blessing or curses, life or death, you choose choose life so you and your descendants may live. And so we're going to see a bunch of people healed right now. We're going to break agreement right now with that lie of the enemy. If you have, let me, let me say this. If you have spoken words and some of this weariness that has gotten in, the weariness in the bones has caused you to get into a financial anxiety. And in Matthew 6, 25, he says, do not worry. Do not worry about what you will wear. Do not worry about what you will eat. Do not worry about what you will drink. And he begins to talk about the, 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 the birds of the air and how much, how, how much greater value you are than they and your father takes care of them. Because financial fear boils down to this. It's us not understanding our value to our father. How much more value are you to him than they? Therefore, do not worry. And when we see our created value, fear doesn't have a place. Because you see you for how awesome he made you to be. And you recognize God can't fail me. God can't fail me. Are you with me? And even with this shift, see, there can be shifts that just pass us by or there can be shifts that we become a part of. And giving is one of the ways that we get into the shift. It's one of the ways that we begin to unclog the wells and begin to get things moving again. Because I want to tell you this, giving is as much, if not more, a part of worship than singing. Anybody who has ever read the Psalms and has understood the life of David, Psalm 96 is an example. He says, bring unto the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and enter into his courts. There was always the bringing together of generosity as well as the celebration of song. And I want to tell you this, in the same way that God is wanting us to move from worry to worship externally, he's wanting us to move from worry to worship with our wallets. And the very areas that we have, we have uh, stayed up at night worrying about how this is going to get paid and how that's going to get paid. I want to tell you this. Listen, the righteous have never been forsaken and their seed has never begged for bread. You're not going to go without. You're not going to go without because he's a faithful father. But here's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to get you to give up the dreams of God that you're supposed to have in the night season by worrying about the nightmares of the enemy. By entertaining terror and torment in the night season, you position yourself to go to sleep in fear instead of laying down in peace and being at rest. This house has big vision. 
This is called to be a kingdom house. It is called to be a storehouse. It is called to be not just a house of resources coming in, but resources going out. This is supposed to be a fiduciary house to where God can begin to move monies in and move monies out for righteous causes. And he starts it with those of us who are here tonight. But we've got to begin to relate to the Lord and begin to relate to finances as sons and not as servants. You see, a son has all access. Everything that the father has, he has access to out of relationship. A servant, on the other hand, is trying to win approval that will grant temporary favor to get a possible break. And how often are we just trying to get temporary favor to get a temporary, a, a, a potential breakthrough? Instead of recognizing when he's already broken through, you don't need a breakthrough. You know, I, I see it all the time. In the church, we're always just believing for the next breakthrough instead of just following the one who broke through. Micah 2.13 says, when the breaker breaks through, it's capital B, when the one who breaks through, when the breaker breaks through, we all break out. We all break out. Psalm 23 is the biblical process to prosperity. But I would encourage you, don't add a jot, don't add a tittle, but add a little word called when. Psalm 23, Psalm 23, 1. A lot of people say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can I borrow $5? Can I sleep on your couch? See, because it's when the Lord is your shepherd, there shall not be want. It's not just that the Lord is a shepherd, but it's when we as his sheep are following his voice. That we may be walking through a season that looks like a valley of a shadow of death. Not death, but a shadow. You ever notice that, you know, the thing about a shadow, it's always bigger than what's casting it. And when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it could be a kitten casting a shadow of a lion. In fact, 1 Peter says this. It says that our adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5 eight, Who he may devour, not who he can. Because he can't. We all remember first grade. Can I go to the bathroom? I don't know, Johnny. Can you? We're not, we're not addressing the enemy's ability as a roaring lion to devour us. It's actually looking at the permission that he has been granted because of the lie that we have agreed with or the truth that we have believed in its place. He goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One of the ways that he can't devour you, he may not devour you, is when you follow the shepherd. And so here Peter has a season in his life where he's faced with a, a financial concern. Anybody ever been there? He got a bill he wasn't expecting. Tax bill. Anybody ever got one of those? Talking to you, John. Come on, you and me, baby. Make out that check to storehouse. When they had come, by the way, we are going to be receiving an offering. But I'm going to tell you what we're going to do tonight, okay? When they had, because we're, tonight we're giving in to shift. Tonight we are sowing in to where we're about to go.
Tonight we are, we, listen, because giving is, listen, giving is worship, but giving is also a statement of where we're crossing over. Giving is looking at the joy on the other side of what looks like suffering. Giving says, listen, the wind may be blowing and the waves may be crashing, but I'm going to the other side. And I'm gonna put a seed on the other side because there's a man that has been tormenting a city that needs to be free. He needs the love of the Lord. And I'm ready to move from a personal anointing into a regional authority. I'm, I, I'm tired of waiting for the promise to come to Dallas. Dallas is waiting for the promise to come to it. And that's you. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Say that 10 times. He said, uh, yeah. When he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him. Again, Jesus is awesome. Uh, Jesus knows, he knows the question before they ask him. Jesus, by the way, don't you just love the gospels? I mean, it, it, the word of God is amazing. Every time you read it, you will see something new and you're like, huh? I wanna encourage you, do not become casual when it comes to the scriptures. Be wide-eyed, have wonderment when it comes to the things of God. Fall in love with it. Look for new things every time you read it. This word is alive, it's living, it's sharp, it's powerful. And when he said, when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? Peter had not even asked the question about the taxes. And Jesus asked him a question, not to get information, but to get him to think in a different direction. How many of you God's ever asked you a question? Let me ask you a question about God asking you a question. Do you think that God was more interested in your answer or you thinking in the direction that he was wanting to lead you? Oftentimes the Lord will actually redirect us by asking a question. Have you considered? Have you thought? So Peter's coming in and he, he doesn't know what to do. They've got this tax bill. Jesus perceiving, anticipating. He says, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then sons are free. Then sons are free. And what he was doing right there is he was, he was, not, he was not saying, oh, we don't need to pay them. They don't even know who we are. He was saying, listen, Peter, you got to see this different, bud. They're not trying, they, they can't take anything from you. And I want to tell you this, this world can't take anything from you. John said it like this, man has nothing unless it's first given to him. Everything we have, we've been given. And when we recognize that we're a conduit that, that God is then able to give into the earth, we recognize that we don't need to have fear about somebody taking advantage of us, but that we can have trust that God has more than enough to meet every need. Verse 27, nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened his mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Here's what he's saying is, hey, Pete, listen, a stranger is going to go and, and, and toil and labor by the sweat of their brow, 
to pay a bill that could never be satisfied. But a son of the king that lives in union with me, they don't have to ask for something. They don't have to look for provision. They can begin to recognize where provision is. They can position themselves in that place. And then the pre-appointed provision finds them. Holy shift. I want to tell you this. The Lord has pre-appointed provision for your life. But we've got to start listening to where we need to be and what we need to do to access the provision that he has already pre-appointed. Question for you. Do you think that this was just a word of knowledge that Jesus had about a fish that had swallowed a gold coin? I mean, maybe somebody was like, kissing, tell, wishing, well, just throwing coins out there. And this fish got one. And Jesus like, oh yeah, that's right. I saw in a vision, this fish got a coin, da, 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 da. Or do you think he spoke creatively into this fish and created the coin to meet the need? Yeah, the answer is yes. Who knows? I don't know either way. Doesn't really matter, does it? Either way, and I'm telling you that to say this, God is not limited by your understanding or even past teachings of how he wants to provide for you in this day. Whether he created the coin out of nothing or it was a word of knowledge about money that had been lost that was now found, God has a way and it's called holy shift. And so we're going to enter into this tonight. We're going to go ahead and receive our offering tonight. You want to say, yeah. Last night I had a dream. Um, it's funny that he, he's talking about this particular scripture because last night I had a dream and in the dream there was a man that was laying there and he was worried about taxes. And this evil man came up to him and he kept talking to this man, this evil man about how worried he was about taxes. And I was watching the whole thing and I kept saying, don't talk to that evil man about your taxes because it's actually creating a, a worse situation for you. And so just the fact that he is, he's talking about this and he chose this scripture tonight for the offering, I think is really important. And so there, if there are bills that need to be paid or, or if you are in tax debt, I really feel like there's something here that the Lord's really wanting you to do to close the mouth of the enemy so you're no longer living in worry and fear, but you're actually shifting over into faith and trust, believing God to supernaturally provide for the debt that you have and for the unpaid taxes that you owe. I think tonight is really going to be a red letter day of the cancellation of these things. And so I really encourage you to pray and to, to uh, give into this for, for your debt and for your taxes. I want to tell you this. We, 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 we've been seeing in this Fasting Fear series, we have been seeing, a woman, one woman just came to me, she had a Lowe's bill that had been, you know, she had, she had gotten divorced, ex-husband, $1,100 Lowe's bill. Not a big Lowe's bill, but that's, that, that's, that's, you know, a Lowe's credit card. You don't want to have that, right? Oh, no man, anything said love him. She brings this bill and she said, I'm believing God to satisfy this thing. I said, I'm believing with you. Brings the next bill and hey, they had reversed it to a $200 credit. A $1,300 swing. And I'm telling you, it's connected to Fasting Fear. It's connected. Listen, if you'll quit eating fruit from the wrong tree, and if you'll get into this shift, this, and when you asked me, when you, when you, when you, when you mentioned about the, she said, do you have anything for the offering? And I said, yeah, the Lord spoke to me when I was getting ready and gave me something about the offering, about provision. You said, well, what is it? I said, you'll find out tonight because the Lord told me not to tell you, which protected the, the integrity of even that dream. Listen, that's two witnesses right there. I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is going to cancel debt tonight. 
God is going to cancel debt tonight, but the thing he's going to, the greatest debt he's going to cancel is the debt that you have seen you owe to the flesh. The debt of feeling like you're a stranger, somehow trying to pay a debt that can never be satisfied. And it's going to be a debt that you recognize is not just paid financially, not just natural debt being taken care of, but I'm talking about a spiritual debt that has already been satisfied that qualifies you as a son. Are you with me? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to cross over. We're not going to pass buckets. There's no scripture for passing a bucket. <laughs> Every time in scripture, you had to bring your sacrifice to the altar. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, um, however we do it here is awesome. But tonight, we're bringing sacrifice to the altar. Tonight, we're going to cross over. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're making out checks tonight, to make them out to storehouse. If you want to give by cash or credit card, or there's envelopes in the seat pockets. We have envelopes in the seat pockets. Are there pens? Okay. We need to, listen, I'm going to tell you this too. We need to get, we need to get bigger baskets, bigger buckets. You need to get some planters. Listen, he's going to pour out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. You might as well make more room and try to catch as much as you can. That is, listen, I'm t- as of the Lord, I'm telling you, like even this weekend, if you will get larger buckets, the Lord will fill them. I'm telling you. Huh? We have a witness back here. Yeah. Come here, come here. You, you did, you did, come here. So they can, I don't think they can hear you. Can y'all hear him? What's your name, sir? What's your name? Dan. Dan. It wouldn't have been cool if it was Peter, though. Wouldn't that have been awesome? <laughs> I had a $44,000 tax bill I was concerned with. And uh, my CPA called me today and said that he had talked to the IRS and they decided to set that aside for three years and revisit it in three years. Wow. Three years. Remember we talked about it? Yeah. We were talking about the three-year cycle on the way here. And listen, this is what I'm telling you. The Lord is about to bring your finances under the review system of a heavenly court. And so here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to stand up with your offering tonight. We're going to do some, we're going to do some damage in the heavenlies tonight. Holy shift. Shift happens. Listen. And by the way, when I say that, I say it with all reverence. Are you hearing me? I mean, you can feel the anointing on that, can't you? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look to the Lord with your heart. And I want you to, I want you to begin to dream with God. Because some of you, your dreams, have, have, your dreams have honestly have gone black and white. And God is about to revisit your dreams in color. Some of you have been living an emaciated spiritual and financial life because of eating fruit from the wrong tree and believing a lie. And so I want right now for you just to look to the goodness of the Lord and for him to start showing you what he is about to do. And then we're going to make a demand. Not only are we giving tonight, I want you to write in the memo of your check or on that envelope, what is it that you need satisfied tonight? What financial, what, what area of your life? If you're in an area of your life where you need financial shift, I want you to write it. If you're in an area where you need re- relational shift, and shift in your employment, shift in provision. I'm telling you, there's specific grace tonight on provision, but I'm telling you, whatever area that you need a holy shift, a divine transference, a divine exchange, that's what we're talking about. I want you to write it down because we're going to put a demand on the anointing tonight. If there's a certain tax debt like our brother right there, 44000 write it. Because guess what? They don't need three years to change their mind and cancel that debt. They can come back in three days.
and we're going to pray over these. And I believe God's going to take you from troubled waters to a city that has been asking for deliverers to step foot upon its shore. Father, all across this room right now, I, man, faith just came in the room. How many of you just felt faith come into the room? God, I thank you for faith coming into the room right now, strengthening hearts. God, I thank you right now. Businesses that have been floundering are about to flourish. I thank you right now. Businesses that have been floundering are about to flourish. I thank you right now. Marriages that have been faltering right now are about to be renewed and have brand new honeymoon seasons. There are There is a holy shift coming in intimacy in this house and throughout this church right now. And in communication. And Lord, right now, and the, just the socioeconomic status of this body. Lord, I know the vision that this place has. God, I know the worldwide message that is supposed to go out of this place. And Lord, we need resources to carry that vision throughout this world. We need cameras. We need media. Lord, this ministry is called to have a media footprint and, and to have a, have a media impartation to where the whole earth could be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God because of the sound of praise and the altar of incense that has been established in this place. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, now I call, I begin to speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west for resources to be released into this house and through this house, that this house would be a fiduciary, a fiduciary. It's a financing storehouse that resources would be given to you grants would begin to come grants would begin to come earmarked money would begin to come for the sake of justice and for the sake of restoration and for the sake of revitalization God would begin to start sending Joseph's to eat at your table with checks in hand saying where do we need to send this money we're ready we're ready. I speak to businesses right now in the name of Jesus to prosper. I speak right now money that has been lost to now be found. And I speak in the name of Jesus that in the same way that Jesus spoke to Peter and he said, cast your line, pull up the fish, whatever fish you pull up first, reach into its mouth. I speak now for creative miracles, money being created. I speak right now for what has been lost to be found. And we declare in the name of Jesus, on the count of three, we're going to shout, holy shift. One, two, three. Holy shift! Come on down. Let's minister to the Lord in our giving. Bring your gifts to the altar. Shift, shift, shift right now, 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 shift. Come on. Come on, no longer slave to fear. You're a son of God. It's the ultimate holy shift. Shift. Right now we declare a shift coming now. Jesus. Sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. 
And those who saw it told them how it happened to him and how he had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they, they began to plead with him to depart from the region. And so here's what I want you to see. One was the very, the very thing, the very sea that was trying to hold back Jesus and his disciples from going to where they were called to go eventually ended up being the demise of the enemy. Where was it that the swine were driven into? The very sea that Jesus had spoke to. And this is my word for you tonight. The opposition, the very thing that the enemy has been trying to use to push you back is about to be the very thing that he falls into himself. Holy shift. Turn me into Matthew chapter 17. There's a lot of things in my heart I want to share tonight, but I think it's more important that we land on a few things than talk about a lot. I want to talk to you about provision. Matthew 17, verse 24. Has this been helpful to you? Listen, if we can change, listen, if we can change the way we think, we'll change the way we live. And if we change the way we live, we can transform this world. Habakkuk 2 said it like this. He says, I'll set my watch on the rampart to see what he will say and how I will respond when I'm corrected, when I'm adjusted, when the perception that I've been given is tweaked because of how he speaks to me and begins to reveal light to my heart. Because if we'll begin to see what he says and say what we see, we will then see what we say. I'll say it again. If we'll begin to see what he says and say what we see, we will then see what we say. Scripture for it is Job 22, 28. Decide to create a thing and the Lord will cause it to amplified. The Lord will cause the light of his favor to shine on all your ways. But what's the first thing that happens when you worry? Your head drops and you shut up. You get quiet. The voice of faith needs a voice. The word of faith needs a voice. Romans 10, 8 says the word of faith is where it's near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Amen. I want to tell you, there's, there's more than enough kingdom in this room to transform this city. We got to quit waiting for the revival in Dallas and recognize that we are the revival that Dallas has been waiting for. If we really believe this, we don't wait anymore for the promise. We recognize the promise is waiting on us. Holy shift. Instead of us waiting for the promise, we recognize the promise is waiting for us. It's a shift in the way you think. One is a welfare mentality with a hand stretched out going, please, daddy. The other is saying, come on, God, bam. One lives as a servant. The other lives as a son. Jesus had to tweak Peter's understanding of what it was like to have kingdom finance as a son as opposed to a servant here. Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. It's a, it's, it's a story we're all familiar with, of course, you know, with the taxes, okay? Rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's. But I think there's some things the Lord wants to speak to our heart in this. By the way, do you know that Jesus, by the way, he's awesome. Y'all know that, right? Jesus talked more about money than anything in the scripture. He talked more about money than faith. He talked more about money than healing, deliverance. He talked more about money than fasting. He talked a lot about money but he never talked about finances out of his need for the money of others. 
And I'll tell you, there's another thing that needs a cleansing in the body of Christ. It's the slate that we have held against religious systems that we believe have used people to build ministry instead of ministry to build people. Because the enemy is keeping God's people in bondage to poverty because of the way that we address finances through the spirit of suspicion and not discernment. Jesus, whenever he talked about finances, he was always talking about trust. In fact, if you do a search on the word trust, because again, he's moving us from faith into trust. If you do a search on trust, I did a search on it last weekend. Every reference I found was pointing to financial stewardship. Maybe not in the very next verse, but in, in the context of what he's saying, if you follow that through and you follow the line of, uh, of communication of what Jesus is saying, he's always pointing them saying, guys, listen, it's, I, I don't need anything from you. I have everything for you. But without trust, you don't have a conduit set up from your heart to mine. And I'm inviting you to position yourself to receive what I freely want to give. I want to tell you tonight, the, some of us are not getting what we need because we're asking for the something instead of listening to the somewhere the something is. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about money a little bit more. Because I need to. Y'all need to hear this. I was going to go right back to that, but no, come on now. That's just the pucker in the room. We need to speak to this. Say money. money. Say holy shift. Holy. How many of you need a holy shift in your money? Holy Listen, why is it that we will talk all about money outside of the church? And then when we get in here, we, we clam up. Listen, I want to tell you this. Without vision, people perish. Amen? But without money, vision perishes. This house has big vision. This house needs big money. That's right. Without vision, people perish. But without money, vision perishes. And you got to recognize this. God has a whole lot more than you got. So many times we think that somebody is trying to get something from us. You know what that is? That is a spirit of suspicion that is trying to get us to move into a spirit of self-preservation. Instead of a spirit of generosity that precedes a great outpouring of God. You want to know why the Holy Spirit was poured out in Cornelius' house? Acts chapter 10. He was a devout man, feared God, praised always, gave generously. When you mix a house of prayer with a house of generosity, you then have a kingdom conduit for the Holy Spirit to be poured in and to be poured out to a people group that wouldn't have got him otherwise. This is a house of prayer, and it's a house of generosity. I'm speaking into it right now. And some of this weariness that has gotten in, the weariness in the bones, has caused you to get into a financial anxiety. And in Matthew 6, 25, he says, do not worry. Do not worry about what you will wear. Do not worry about what you will eat. Do not worry about what you will drink. And he begins to talk about the, 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 the birds of the air and how much, how, how much greater value you are than they and your father takes care of them. Because financial fear boils down to this. It's us not understanding our value to our father. How much more value are you to him than they? Therefore, do not worry. And when we see 
our created value, fear doesn't have a place. Because you see you for how awesome he made you to be. And you recognize God can't fail me. God can't fail me. Are you with me? And even with this shift, see, there can be shifts that just pass us by or there can be shifts that we become a part of. And giving is one of the ways that we get into the shift. It's one of the ways that we begin to unclog the wells and begin to get things moving again. Because I want to tell you this, giving is as much, if not more, a part of worship than singing. Anybody who has ever read the Psalms and has understood the life of David, Psalm 96 is an example. He says, bring unto the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and enter into his courts. There was always the bringing together of generosity as well as the celebration of song. And I want to tell you this, in the same way that God is wanting us to move from worry to worship externally, he's wanting us to move from worry to worship with our wallets. And the very areas that we have, we have uh, stayed up at night worrying about how this is going to get paid and how that's going to get paid. I want to tell you this. Listen, the righteous have never been forsaken and their seed has never begged for bread. You're not going to go without. You're not going to go without because he's a faithful father. But here's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to get you to give up the dreams of God that you're supposed to have in the night season by worrying about the nightmares of the enemy. By entertaining terror and torment in the night season, you position yourself to go to sleep in fear instead of laying down in peace and being at rest. This house has big vision. This is called to be a kingdom house. It is called to be a storehouse. It is called to be not just a house of resources coming in, but resources going out. This is supposed to be a fiduciary house to where God can begin to move monies in and move monies out for righteous causes. And he starts it with those of us who are here tonight. But we've got to begin to relate to the Lord and begin to relate to finances as sons and not as servants. You see, a son has all access. Everything that the father has, he has access to out of relationship. A servant, on the other hand, is trying to win approval that will grant temporary favor to get a possible break. And how often are we just trying to get temporary favor to get a temporary, a, a, a potential breakthrough? Instead of recognizing when he's already broken through, you don't need a breakthrough. You know, I, I see it all the time. In the church, we're always just believing for the next breakthrough instead of just following the one who broke through. Micah 2.13 says, when the breaker breaks through, it's capital B. When the one who breaks through, when the breaker breaks through, we all break out. We all break out. Psalm 23 is the biblical process to prosperity. But I would encourage you, don't add a jot, don't add a tittle, but add a little word called when. Psalm 23, Psalm 23, 1. A lot of people say, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can I borrow $5? Can I sleep on your couch? See, because... It's when the Lord is your shepherd, there shall not be want. It's not just that the Lord is a shepherd, but it's when we as his sheep are following his voice. That we may be walking through a season that looks like a valley of a shadow of death, not death, but a shadow. You ever notice that, you know, the thing about a shadow, it's always bigger than what's casting it. 
And when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it could be a kitten casting a shadow of a lion. In fact, 1 Peter says this. It says that our adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5 Who he may devour, not who he can. Because he can't. We all remember first grade. Can I go to the bathroom? I don't know, Johnny. Can you? We're not, we're not addressing the enemy's ability as a roaring lion to devour us. It's actually looking at the permission that he has been granted because of the lie that we have agreed with or the truth that we have believed in its place. He goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One of the ways that he can't devour you, he may not devour you, is when you follow the shepherd. And so here Peter has a season in his life where he's faced with a, a financial concern. Anybody ever been there? He got a bill he wasn't expecting. <laughs> Tax bill. Anybody ever got one of those? <laughs> Talking to you, John. Come on, you and me, baby. You make out that check to storehouse. When they had come, by the way, we are gonna be receiving an offering. But I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do tonight, okay? When they had, because we're, tonight we're giving in to shift. Tonight we are sowing in to where we're about to go. Tonight we are, we, listen, because giving is, listen, giving is worship, but giving is also a statement of where we're crossing over. Giving is looking at the joy on the other side of what looks like suffering. Giving says, listen, the wind may be blowing and the waves may be crashing, but I'm going to the other side. And I'm gonna put a seed on the other side because there's a man that has been tormenting a city that needs to be free. He needs the love of the Lord. And I'm ready to move from a personal anointing into a regional authority. I'm, I'm tired of waiting for the promise to come to Dallas. Dallas is waiting for the promise to come to it. And that's you. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Say that 10 times. He said, uh, yeah. When he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him. Again, Jesus is awesome. Uh, Jesus knows, he knows the question before they ask it. Jesus, by the way, don't you just love the gospels? I mean, it, it, the word of God is amazing. Every time you read it, you will see something new and you're like, huh? I wanna encourage you, do not become casual when it comes to the scriptures. Be wide-eyed, have wonderment when it comes to the things of God. Fall in love with it. Look for new things every time you read it. This word is alive, it's living, it's sharp, it's powerful. And when he said, when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? Peter had not even asked the question about the taxes. And Jesus asked him a question, not to get information, but to get him to think in a different direction. How many of you God's ever asked you a question? Let me ask you a question about God asking you a question. Do you think that God was more interested in your answer or you thinking in the direction that he was wanting to lead you? Oftentimes the Lord will actually redirect us by asking a question. Have you considered? Have you thought? So Peter's coming in and he, he doesn't know what to do. They've got this tax bill. Jesus perceiving, anticipating. He says, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? from their sons 
or from strangers. Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then sons are free. Then sons are free. And what he was doing right there is he was, he was, not, he was not saying, oh, we don't need to pay them. They don't even know who we are. He was saying, listen, Peter, you got to see this different, bud. They're not trying, they, they can't take anything from you. And I want to tell you this, this world can't take anything from you. John said it like this, man has nothing unless it's first given to him. Everything we have, we've been given. And when we recognize that we're a conduit that, that God is then able to give into the earth, we recognize that we don't need to have fear about somebody taking advantage of us, but that we can have trust that God has more than enough to meet every need. Verse 27. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened his mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Here's what he's saying is, hey, Pete, listen. A stranger is going to go and, and, and toil and labor by the sweat of their brow to pay a bill that can never be satisfied. But a son of the king that lives in union with me they don't have to ask for something. They don't have to look for provision. They can begin to recognize where provision is. They can position themselves in that place. And then the pre-appointed provision finds them. Holy shift. I want to tell you this. The Lord has pre-appointed provision for your life. But we've got to start listening to where we need to be and what we need to do to access the provision that he has already pre-appointed. Question for you. Do you think that this was just a word of knowledge that Jesus had about a fish that had swallowed a gold coin? I mean, maybe somebody was like, kissing, tell, wishing, well, just throwing coins out there. And this fish got one and Jesus like, oh yeah, that's right. I saw in a vision, this fish got a coin, da 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 Or do you think he spoke creatively into this fish and created the coin to meet the need? Yeah, the answer is yes. Who knows? I don't know either way. Doesn't really matter, does it? Either way. And I'm telling you that to say this. God is not limited by your understanding or even past teachings of how he wants to provide for you in this day. Whether he created the coin out of nothing or it was a word of knowledge about money that had been lost that was now found, God has a way and it's called holy shift. And so we're going to enter into this tonight. We're going to go ahead and receive our offering tonight. You want to say, yeah. Last night I had a dream. Um, it's funny that he, he's talking about this particular scripture because last night I had a dream and in the dream there was a man that was laying there and he was worried about taxes. And this evil man came up to him and he kept talking to this man this evil man about how worried he was about taxes. And I was watching the whole thing and I kept saying, 
don't talk to that evil man about your taxes because it's actually creating a, a worse situation for you. And so just the fact that he is he's talking about this and he chose this scripture tonight for the offering, I think is really important. And so there, if there are bills that need to be paid or, or if you are in tax debt, I really feel like there's something here that the Lord's really wanting you to do to close the mouth of the enemy so you're no longer living in worry and fear, but you're actually shifting over into faith and trust, believing God to supernaturally provide for the debt that you have and for the unpaid taxes that you owe. I think tonight is really going to be a red letter day of the cancellation of these things. And so I really encourage you to pray and to, to uh, give into this for, for your debt and for your taxes. I want to tell you this. We, 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 we've been seeing in this Fasting Fear series, we have been seeing, a woman, one woman just came to me, she had a Lowe's bill that had been, you know, she had, she had gotten divorced, ex-husband, $1,100 Lowe's bill. Not a big Lowe's bill, but that's, that, that's, that's, you know, a Lowe's credit card. You don't want to have that, right? Oh, no man, anything said love him. She brings this bill and she said, I'm believing God to satisfy this thing. I said, I'm believing with you. Brings the next bill and hey, they had reversed it to a $200 credit. A $1,300 swing. And I'm telling you, it's connected to Fasting Fear. It's connected. Listen, if you'll quit eating fruit from the wrong tree, and if you'll get into this shift, this, and when you asked me, when you, when you, when you, when you mentioned about the, she said, do you have anything for the offering? And I said, yeah, the Lord spoke to me when I was getting ready and gave me something about the offering, about provision. You said, well, what is it? I said, you'll find out tonight because the Lord told me not to tell you, which protected the, the integrity of even that dream. Listen, that's two witnesses right there. I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is going to cancel debt tonight. God is going to cancel debt tonight, but the thing he's going to, the greatest debt he's going to cancel is the debt that you've, you have seen you owe to the flesh. The debt of feeling like you're a stranger, somehow trying to pay a debt that can never be satisfied. And it's going to be a debt that you recognize is not just paid financially, not just natural debt being taken care of, but I'm talking about a spiritual debt that has already been satisfied that qualifies you as a son.